Talk with Vicky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to yet another fantastic episode of HR Talk. You've got us here today. Uh, not a Ricky Baez kind of show, I'm going to be honest with you. He's currently on assignment, ladies and gentlemen. We do have the pleasure, the honor of having Buffalo's finest on the program today. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Lauren Lewis. Thank you. Thanks so much, JC. I'm pumped to be here. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. It's our pleasure. It's the pleasure of all the listeners of the program to finally have you on here. You know, a lot of people in Western New York, they know of you, they know about you, they know the history and mystique of you, they follow you, they they track you down through turkey trots and say, I think I saw her, and they want, like, your autograph and stuff, but or maybe that didn't happen this year, I'm not sure. Stories to get into I, yeah, momentarily. I was, I was thinking about that today. I'm like, that didn't happen at the turkey trot yesterday, I'm not sure why. <laughs> But uh, some some people who may not know you today, like uh, our friends down in Central Florida or our dear friends in India who do happen to listen to the program quite a bit, they're all going to learn a little bit more about you. So to begin, I'm not sure. Um, I I know we talked a little bit about like the format of the program and, and we talked about like some of the key things that we do. But there's one very special thing that we do at the start of every program. And that's Ricky shares a word of wisdom, some inspirational quotes for the audience. And for today, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome Lauren to the table with her inspirational quote. Quotes let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Not with Ricky Baez, with Lauren Lewis today, everyone. So, Lauren, your inspirational quote of the week, please. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. That is one of my favorite quotes. I love love it. I try to remind myself of it all the time. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yep. I feel uncomfortable just raising the applause on that one at the end of that right there. Now, be uncomfortable with be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Talk to me about that. What what how how does that stand out to you? So I think you know a lot of times like whether it's through life, whether it's your personal life, your professional life, you have to step out of your comfort zone in order to like learn, to grow, to challenge yourself, to try new things. And that I've kind of found it throughout my career. Um there's plenty of times you're super uncomfortable and you're like, don't want to do something. But once you kind of rip the bandaid off and do it, you, you feel as you realize that, Oh, that was okay. Um, I did it. I survived. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of grow as a person, um, by doing things out of your comfort zone. So, you know, whether it's, you know, I took a leap of faith, leaving a corporate job and, you know, going into my own business and that, there's lots of uncomfortable moments doing that. But I feel like, you know, the more comfortable you are with being uncomfortable through that type of stuff, the more you grow, the more you evolve, the more you just develop. And then, you know, even if it's like going to a networking event, if I don't want to go by myself, but I, you know, or I'm planning to go with someone and then they bail last minute and I have to go by myself. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go into this place. <laughs> and then you just go in and you do it and you have a great time. So it's like, you got to get over that little hump of uncomfortableness and it will help you grow, evolve, develop, 
Now, you open the door. You open the door to something fantastic here, which is exactly what I want to get into. Let's talk about you and introduce you to the audience right here. So uh, tell us, uh, what's your elevator speech? What's a little bit about you in like a few uh, seconds time here? Tell us about you real quick. My gosh, a few seconds time. That's that's limited. Like 65 (laughs) seconds worth, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Take your time. A little better. Um, so currently I'm a partner at Staff Buffalo, which is a, um, staffing and recruiting company. We focus on direct hire permanent placements for the most part. Um, and our goal really is to help our clients find great people to join their organization. So we take an active approach to the job search. So we're always working with clients to find their, find people that fit the qualifications looking for, for a certain role, but also who are a good cultural fit in the organization. Um, and when I, so Staff Buffalo's been around for six and a half years, almost seven, it'll be seven in April. Um, and over the past few years that I've been involved with it, I've been involved with Staff Buffalo for almost five years. Um, you know, I've gotten really involved in the Western York committee, community and, and set up multiple like boards and committees at nonprofits and the president of the Buffalo Niagara Human Resources Association. So, you know, that's something too. When I was tapped on the shoulder to, to do that, I was like, oh, Okay. But I'm like, all right, Lauren, be comfortable, be uncomfortable, learn, challenge yourself, grow. Like, and that's just how I kind of approach everything I do. You know, it's, you kind of just got to dive in head first and learn, learn what, as you go. Now, now you <laughs> mentioned that mistakes, you gave up you on the corporate yourself. job, right? You walked away from the corporate mm-hmm. job to start to pursue this. What, what were you doing before that, that pushed you down this path? And when did you finally so, say, now's the time? Yeah, so I had a job in pharmaceutical sales. I spent 10 years in pharmaceutical sales before moving into my own business with my partner slash business partner, cousin um, Maggie, like we, her and I run Staff Buffalo together. Um, but yeah, I spent 10 years in pharmaceutical sales. I loved it. I did really well. It was fun. I loved you know, working with my customers and the staff in the offices. Um, but I didn't do the long term for it myself anymore like that industry and if anyone knows anything about pharmaceuticals um it's a constantly evolving industry is very highly regulated by the government the fda yeah. the insurance companies really determine a lot of what you know physicians can do and what they can prescribe um and companies were always doing downsizing so i didn't want to get to a point in my life where i'm was at a certain level and had to you know got laid off again and then had to find another job and kind of becomes a very cyclical thing i still see it with a well, lot of my friends over. in that industry yeah. Start over. You're always starting over. So I kind of always wanted to start my own business. So I was very lucky when my cousin Maggie and I kind of had that aha moment together. It was at a Starbucks in Williamsville, New York, where we just happened to run into each other. I was grabbing coffees for an office and she was meeting a client. And Maggie worked in public accounting for a little bit and then got into the recruiting field. Um, so when we like kind of, we, we grew up very close. So when I say we ran into each other at Starbucks, like it just happened that moment where we both were like, I want to start my own company. And, you know, we're like, me too. I have all these ideas. Yeah. So, you know, shortly after that, we brainstormed a bunch of different ideas about businesses. And then a few months later, she called me. She's like, I'm leaving my current job and we're starting a recruiting company. And that's when Staff Buffalo was born. So it kind of took me, like, we got Staff Buffalo up and running within a couple of weeks. Launched April 1st, 2015. And then I officially made the move in Staff Buffalo April 1st, 2017. So oh, wow. I spent a couple of yeah, I spent a couple more years in pharma, kind of like waiting, you know, kind of making, waiting for the right moment. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay, if I don't, I don't want to look back in five years and say, why didn't I do this then? No. So finally, I just resigned from my pharmaceutical job. And now during that gap, during that, <laughs> during that couple year time frame, she's, she's working in kind with you. Like you're, you're still 
contributing to setting things up and keep moving forward, just didn't step away from the day job just yet by that. Right. Yeah. I was doing a lot of things on the back end, whether it was like social media or marketing or doing some networking things, but I wasn't involved in the day to day of Staff Buffalo at all. Like I was still kind of focused on my pharmaceutical career at that yeah. point and just again, waiting for the right moment when Staff Buffalo was more up and running and made sense to kind of move into it. So, and that's when yeah. it actually became successful once you arrived. <laughs> I don't want to say that, no. But, you know, <laughs> I had to. It's nice to have a team effort and a partnership, you know? <laughs> we each have our strength. <laughs> right, right. Perfect. Perfect. Now, there's yeah. some people out there, there's a lot of debate out there in regards to, uh, not not so much debate, but we hear it more and more. We're trying to find the placement. We're trying to find the right people for jobs. And one of the big questions is, well, what's, what is that differential between staffing, recruiting, and hiring? And as an employer, which position should you move towards, you know, from the staffing perspective? Some people might not be familiar with that, right? Uh, it is, as they say, quote, one way to fill open roles within a company or organization. You have a set of roles. The focus of the staffing is particular short-term roles or specific projects. Some may disagree mm-hmm. with that. I'm looking for your feedback at the end here. And then when we get into what is hiring, we all know what hiring is. It involves officially posting the job, receiving the applications from the candidates, filtering the candidates, generating the pool of qualified candidates, interviewing them until the role is filled. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, recruiting, which kind of blends into all this. And everybody that's already listening knows this, right? Um, it's it's You're trying to take a candidate-first approach rather than approaching a candidate with a role that's already defined and, and needs to be filled. Recruiting approaches a candidate with a likely skill set and asks them to be part of your organization. If you agree with those those definitions right there, that's one question. But then the second question from here comes to be, where, where do you fit in the mix here? Are, are you staffing? Are you recruiting? Are you the air quote headhunter that everyone talks about? That mythical being that says, yes, I will get you the $500,000 a year job. Come talk to me. <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> Sometimes I tell people like, you know, our, our recruiters are always talking to job seekers. Find certain people for them. So I kind of look at recruiting as like more of that matchmaking. And so we're, we're working to match make based on our clients' needs from a qualification standpoint for, for certain role, um, making sure someone's a good cultural fit into their organization, um, has the same goals as like maybe the hiring manager as the organization and really trying to find that perfect fit. So it's like, to me, that's like, that's really recruiting. Hiring can be more of like the process. Right. I kind of see it in that. Like you said, you, you throw up the job description, you, you, you know, look, review all the incoming resumes, you line up some interviews and you make up, you hire, you hire someone, um, you know, and that works, it works, it, but, um, not, it doesn't work all the time. Like sometimes you might, you know, you make bad hires, you make the wrong hire, you just kind of hire to hire because you need to fill a seat. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's kind of why it's more of like that process to me and staffing to me, sometimes it's, it's filling, it's also like filling seats. You might have a big project, like maybe you need to staff like, um, you have a, you're opening up a new facility and you need to like staff it. Well, you need to get people in those roles. Like to me, that's filling um, more positions at once. It's more of like that overview of like, we got to staff this whole project. We got to staff for this customer service project. We have to staff for this. Um, so that's kind of my differences in how I view those, those three terms. If that makes sense. Like staffing is more volume based. Hiring is the process and recruiting is really that matchmaking. Definitely makes sense. And when you talk about culture fit, we're also talking about something that's, it's kind of trendy to talk about. Some people say, yeah, I focus on culture and uh, yeah. just be here nine to five and don't 
talk to me or open my door with questions. I mean, it's it's some people are embracing culture. Some people are looking at it from that holistic perspective, top down. Uh, but it's also a buzzword that some people have picked up at conferences. The true intent behind culture fit and evolution of culture versus the desired intent of creating a culture and enhancing that culture could be two totally different things. You emphasize mm-hmm. culture. Let's get into that a little bit. Why does culture stand out to you so much? I think it's super important because everyone, you know, everyone's different. People want different things out of their career. So, um, someone might want a culture where it is, you know, nine to five, you go in, you do your job, you leave. They might not want like the, some of the extra fluff, whether it's like, Hey, we do, you know, weekly happy hours. We do pizza on Fridays. We have a bar cart that goes around the office. Like some people don't care about that. You know, they just want to go and do their job and leave. And like when they leave their job, that's it to compliment to that though i mean some people don't want a culture where there's uh feedback where where they have to have constant communication and feedback where you're pulled into that office and asked i here's the concept what did you think about that well some people just want to say that's that's why you're making the big bucks why am i here yeah you you don't need my opinion you you're gonna do whatever you want anyways i'm just here to do the widget that's it some people don't want that yeah they don't want it. And, um, you know, some people, they really want like a, a different culture. Maybe they want a fun culture. Maybe they want like a really team inclusive culture. Maybe they want a culture where they can provide feedback and they're, they really are part of like the decisions that are being made at an organization. Um, so it's really trying. That's why we do what we do to really uncover like what certain people want out of their, their job, their day to day job and their careers and helping them find those, identify those companies that offer what they're looking for. And at the same, in the same way, like that's when we talk to companies about what their culture is, so that we can find people that fill, you know, help um, fill those those positions that want to be there, that want that type of organization. You know, I talk with with candidates all the time. Like some people who are like in a career, they want a very corporate structure. They might want to know what, exactly what their job structure is, the ladder, what they were going to get for merit increases, when they can get this next, you know, tier promotion. Yes. Some people love to be at like a smaller organization where, you know, maybe they have to wear multiple hats. You can try different projects and you can, you know, step out of a, what your day-to-day role is and work on a new project, maybe gain some different skills. Like people are open to that. Um, so it's really kind of identifying what people want out of their careers, you know, and helping helping find those perfect fits and doing that matchmaking. Let's break so. that down into two paths that you mentioned here. We have the employee on one side, we have the employer on mm-hmm. the other. We'll circle back to the employer coming up momentarily, honing in specifically on the employee. Uh, we, we've seen this on your social medias. Other people are doing it as well. The, the open interview opportunities yeah. for people to come down and talk. Let's get into that real quick and then parlay directly into how do you do this culture fit thing? Are you doing like... Are you doing tests or whatnot, predictive index, et cetera? Uh, but, but first, the open interviews, if you could, please. Yeah, so we, our recruiters are doing virtual open interviews every Thursday afternoon. So, we, you know, it's a way for us to talk with potential job seekers, whether they're actively looking for a job or they're just kind of like open to a conversation. Um, they can talk with our recruiters about, you know, their work experience, what they're looking for in their next career move, what they want out of a job. You know, I always ask candidates too when I'm talking with them, like, have you identified certain type of companies you want to be at? Like, have you done any research on that? So that helps us all kind of gauge like what what they want out of an organization, um, and it helps us identify like the culture that they want. It's really having those conversations with people. Like, you know, I I, I do like the assessments, but I don't I don't think they're end all be all. I think they help 
with things, but I don't think people should rely on them. I think you should use them as a tool. Right. Not, not like, um, like not a black and white like decision. You know, I think a lot of times people use it as a black and white decision maker and I don't think it's, it's right. I don't think it's fair. Um, but I think it is a good resource to have to help you identify and know a little bit more about someone, but maybe for like more coaching aspects, like how do you, how do you manage someone? How do you coach someone? Like what makes them tick? And I think you can use that, like those assessments to help with that type of stuff. But I just think like having conversations with people really can tell you a lot about them. Um, so that's kind of what, that's what the virtual open interviews help our recruiters do. So they can really help, you know, again, when the companies hire us for certain jobs, will we know more about this, this person to find out if they're gonna be a good fit or not for a job. And the virtual open interviews have been awesome for us. Like they've been such a great resource for our recruiters to just even help like, you know, build our pipeline of candidates and talk to people. Um, because we've had to get a little creative throughout the pandemic because you people kind of were hesitant to take new roles throughout the pandemic, whether they had a job or not, they were like, I don't, I don't know. It's a scary time. I I don't know. It's scary time. Yeah. There's just so much, there was so much uncertainty and like, to a point there still is, but like it's, it's opening it up more, but at least the virtual imp- interviews, they're like, you know, the non-committal, it's just like really a conversation with our recruiters and it's helped us really kind of get, have more conversations with potential um, candidates. Well, open, brutal discussions too. at the, at the end of the day. I mean, someone might be coming to you with the desire and the intent, they're putting their best foot forward, but depending on the way the conversation goes, you, you could wind up learning so much more about the individual than just on that Absolutely. black and white, exactly like what you're saying. These uh, these predictive indexes, the behavior assessments, the tools that people are starting to evolve their cultures and lean more on. We've seen a lot more of that over the past five years plus. Yeah. And, and we start to see that more now in some of the larger organizations out there leveraging behavioral analysis and trends. And, and when they get these numbers and they start to look at their candidates and their pools of talent, sometimes the actual talent portion is starting to fade away a little bit more. They're saying, okay, this mm-hmm. is the person type that would fit best with us. Ignore the fact that they know nothing about what they're doing or the fact that they are yeah. a toxic human being that may destroy your company from the inside <laughs> out. They have a yeah. good behavior on paper, which is okay. That's cool. Fine, whatever. But you get someone like yourselves in the mix where you're trying to make that right. It's almost like you're the matchmaker in a way, right? You've, you've got the company oh, yeah. out there. You've got the employee. You have the desire, the love, the intent. You want to build this beautiful future together. But you have, yeah. how, how, how do you, how do you marry it? How do you piece it? So, so from the open interviews, you're talking with your employees, you're getting things set. Maybe there's the behavior aspect of things. Maybe that's more intuition as well. Maybe it's a little bit money ball. Mm-hmm. Who knows? From the employer side though, now the employer is turning to you. The employer now has a hundred different positions that they need to fill. Where do you come in the mix there? How do you fit in there to make that proper companionship happen? Yeah. So, you know, when they have like that many positions to fill, a lot of times they don't have the the time or to do it all themselves. So that's a lot of times when the company will lean on us, that kind of helps them and be that partner in their, in their recruiting efforts because Again, like sometimes if they have an internal recruiting team, sometimes they have so many things going on that maybe this hundred job project isn't isn't a um, you just don't have the time to get it done. They have to do get it done within a certain timeline. So they're willing on like a recruiting company kind of help with that. And we talk a lot with like you know the hiring managers about like what it is they're looking for to help fill these roles, so that it's not just like we're not just sending resumes or people over. Like we're going to make sure that they're they are the right fit. So we really try and dig deep and uncover like 
tell me more beyond the black and white, the black and white of a job description. Like there's so much more beyond that, that you want like for positions for a specific department within an organization for a specific hiring manager. Like what, what are exactly are they looking for? Cause you can have a job description that can go from department A to department B to department C, each one's head by a different person. They might have different thoughts about what the role means to them. So when we have those conversations with a hiring manager, we try to uncover that and unpeel all that, that extra, those layers to, to really get down to the nitty gritty of like, okay, who's going to be a good fit for this role for department A, department B, department C, because it's different people and different people might perform better under a certain manager. Like if someone really needs someone, a micromanagement style, like they're going to excel in that type of field. Well, we try and, you know, find people that are going to excel with that management style, macro management, team-based team based approaches, kind of considering all those things to really find the right people who's going to be a fit for, you know, who they're going to be working for. Yeah. Because that can make a huge difference. You can be one of the best, but if you're not working for a manager that supports you or, you know, is on the same level as you, then you're not going to be, you're not going to excel oh, it's in over. your role. It's over. Yeah. It's over. It's, 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 they it's say, doomed. Like, people leave ma- managers, not companies. So, you know, it, it speaks volumes, I think, for the different management styles and how you're going to excel in your in your career. Oh, my gosh. That brings up thought of something. You don't have to answer this, but have you ever had a company turn to you and say, look, I I currently have three managers on staff. I'm, I really need to get rid of one of them. I'm, I'm trying to recruit for one. Can you help me find one before I fire the one I have? Do people turn oh, to you yeah. with stuff like that? And actually, they do a lot because... So much of what we do is confidential, and as a third-party recruiting company, they might, you know, they might not know that they a, a job we're working on is like their job, right? right? We keep we keep all the information very confidential. Good, good. Um, about like a company, about the job, about you know what you know why it might be open, um, depending on the situation, because um, you know it's there's you don't, we don't want everyone to find out that way, like oh you're in their place because we're already hiring for you. So right. that's why we try and keep it pretty you know confidential until we qualify some candidates i mean sometimes we've had um hiring managers come into our office and conduct interviews at our office so that they're interviewing people off premises so that other people don't catch on oh wow so we keep it that confidential sometimes we don't even tell sometimes depending on the situation we don't even tell a candidate who they're interviewing with until they get to the office our office because it's that confidential but yeah usually that's that's not the approach the duties but and tasks, the everything's already mm-hmm. on the table. It's not like they're walking in blind saying, I just need a job. No, it's right. It's, and we can say, you know, it's in a manufacturing company or it's a construction company or it's the technology company. We'll give them like the general basis of that type of stuff. But like specifics about like the name, we'll keep it very confidential. And that's not every search. Those are just like extreme confidential ones, which yeah. we do work on sometimes for clients and a lot of times it's because of those reasons yeah what about relocation and transition assistance now this is no slight against new york but we've seen a lot of people leave new york to head to florida yeah. we've seen a lot of people quit their jobs in manufacturing up here and get a brand new job doing the exact same thing down in florida maybe make a little bit more money maybe making less but then they're living off their salary for like three to four months until they finally get settled and situated if we take that and blow that up to a larger perspective, does your organization help people if they're looking to relocate and move away from here, find jobs in other localities and or are you in a great position where if people want to relocate to Western New York to come to Buffalo, maybe you're the one that they turn to before just opening up the uh, 
the Craigslist, the Reddit, the what, the white pages, the uh, all the online with the internets and all the all the stuff in the computer box. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, they always come to like they come to us first a lot of times. They they also just want to know what the market's like in Buffalo and you know, hey, can I find a job that's similar to what I'm doing in Colorado or yeah in Tennessee? You know, and so they come to us really figure out what the market is like. Our companies hiring what companies are. I mean, Buffalo is such a unique area. Um, a lot of people who are outside the area, they think of like our pillar companies. They think of like M&T Bank. They think of Delaware North. They think of Rich Products. They think of New Era. They think of Pagula Sports and Entertainment. And they all want to work like at those companies. But what I love about Western New York, there are so many other like awesome companies that are doing great things, like not only in Western New York, but across the country or internationally. And, but a lot of times they just, they're just not as recognized or not as known. Yeah. They may have been around for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years too. So like, it's, it's not that they're not um, new, but they're also, you know, they're just not as well known. I, I love talking to people about those companies and making them aware of like, ev- you know, all these other opportunities that Buffalo has within our community here. And what's really cool about Buffalo too, is they have a great startup scene now. So like, it's, it's fun educating people about the startup scene and like the, the startup companies that are building here and building their teams here. So there's a lot of different opportunities. Um, so they do come to us a lot to, you know, kind of learn more about those, those things, those companies, those opportunities and um, the different um, industries here, which is really fun to talk about. So a lot of good reason not to leave the area, a lot of good reason, maybe not to relocate. You may feel that you're stuck in a dead end job. You may feel that you've reached the end of the culture fit within your organization, but it might not be over. You don't have to blindly yeah. go seek jobs. You could consult with someone like Staff Buffalo. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got you. How, Absolutely. How, how yeah. Reach, We're though? always talking to people. So the majority of the jobs we work on are based in, in and around Western New York, but we have our positions across New York State and across the country. Usually they are a Buffalo-based business or they're a business owner who has grew up in Buffalo, moved out of state, started a business in Florida, and they'll re- lean on us to help them with their recruitment needs. So um, usually there's a Buffalo connection. <laughs> well, one of the interesting things around here, Lauren, and I got to be Buffalo honest, connection. always a Buffalo connection. And one of the interesting things around here, you're not going to get the typical Florida man story in the same way that you would. I mean, we do have Buffalo oh. people stories, right? But mainly it all oh, focuses yeah. around tailgating and maybe a table on fire. I, past that, everyone's... Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> past that, everyone's pretty chill. We're just looking to work, hang out, have fun, and cook food. I mean, for the most part, am I wrong? Pretty much. Yeah. No, you're spot on. <laughs> and everything seems like it re- revolves around food in Buffalo. So, <laughs> food so and drinking. I'm like, hmm, hmm, what else can intriguing. we do here? <laughs> so in regards to industries then, you're not solely focused on one industry over another. When we're talking about food industries, we're talking about things where, uh, like here in, okay, for the listeners out there here in Erie County within Western New York, we are back under a specific mask mandate. They do have policies mm-hmm. and different things in effect that could potentially affect employers moving forward. There's a lot of decisions being made across the country in different municipalities underneath their own different guise of leadership. And with that, different businesses around here might have unique needs and a need to mm-hmm. hire people specifically to help out with, let it be deliveries or in the in the food service industry as we think about those that might not be privy to heading back into a restaurant to sit down for a bite to eat, there could be other opportunities there. You're you're not relegated to just one industry whatsoever, though, right? You help mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. You you basically help we, make Buffalo work. 
Pretty much, yeah. I mean, one of our taglines at our website is where Buffalo works because we work with a variety of industries. We work within healthcare. We work within the technology space. We work within manufacturing. We work within the startup community. Um, health, did I say healthcare? I think I said healthcare. healthcare but we yeah. <laughs> really like, you know, our the focus of our, the jobs we work on are really office level professional positions. Um, we work on accounting, finance, legal, human resources, sales, marketing general business operations, customer service. Those are the bulk of the positions that we do work on. Um, and we're not like a high volume temp staffing company. So we're not just, you know, we're not working with companies to just kind of like fill, you know, shift work jobs in a warehouse or on a production floor. We had right. done it in the past. It's not, it's not our bread and butter. It's not our sweet spot. Understood. But yeah, any, any companies or industries that have those types of jobs, we work with. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah. Top down. When we're thinking about the future of where Staff Buffalo is going to be headed, is it like the rest of the industry a little bit more the same, or are things changing? I mean, of course you're adapting already with the virtual job fairs, with Mm -hmm. the virtual interviews, but are things changing from the staffing and recruiting perspective from, from your seat in ways that you couldn't have predicted just a few years ago? Where, where do you see things going in the next, say, two to five years top down so you know we have some like projects up our sleeves that we've been working on because recruiting isn't a one-size approach and every company has different recruiting needs so we're really trying to develop something that's maybe more customizable to or an organization depending on what their needs are at any specific time so they'll have different options they might not just need like a one-time placement if they have you know three to five placements they could have we could you know outsource a recruiter to them we could do different models for talent acquisition that we get, we are planning to build based on their needs. Um, and so it's going to be really working more hand in hand with our customers to identify what their upcoming hiring needs are for you know a three month period, six month period and see how we can partner together to help get them the best people. Um, and again, it's not a, it's not a one size fits all approach. Right. It's going to be much more customizable. So I don't want to give too much, but it's, we're sure. really trying to gear our model to, to that customizable um, recruiting approach so that we can be you know much more um, beneficial and a beneficial partner to our partners and our companies we're working with. Disabilities in the workplace throughout COVID-19 and the ongoing remote work situation that we're in is always something that's interesting to face. And we see a lot of news articles lately, nothing that specifically have mentioned for this portion of our discussion here. But when we think about disabilities in the workplace and finding proper fits in that regard, there's mm-hmm. there's certain aspects associated with applicant tracking systems and HRS systems that could potentially be deemed discriminatory to a certain degree. When we're thinking about the services you offer, though, you're you're talking about a personal one-on-one approach. You're talking about mm-hmm. you 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 have that opportunity outside of a computer to sit down and talk to someone yeah. and know who they are. That's pretty important, especially if someone feels as if they've been discriminated for anything at some point in time, let alone a disability that they may have in attempting to find remote work. So expanding on that a little bit, if you could, please, your thoughts. So, yeah, I think, and I think it goes back to, you know, technology is great. Technology is a a tool that we all use and rely on for so many things. When you talk about applicant tracking systems, a lot of times people submit their resume online and those, you know, the scan the resume scanners that are looking for certain keywords might um not include someone who might be the best fit for a job 
So, you know, that's where kind of where you come in, like regardless of, you know, disabilities or skills or, you know, anything they, that they have at the plate. And they, when you have a one-on-one conversation with someone about your experience and what you're looking for in your next career move, like that can help so much get you beyond that, like resume parser that when you just submit your resume online, like, right. You know, even, even if it's, I talk to people all the time and I'm like, yes, it's one thing, like submit your resume online, like follow the right protocol and steps of an organization, but try and reach out to someone there too. Yeah. Like even if it's not a company I'm working with or a job I'm working on, I'm like, try and find someone there that you can connect with and have a conversation with, because that'll help you get your foot in the door. Um, then it's technology. It's not perfect. You know, as much as you want to think it's going to be perfect, you do, you miss a lot of things with technology too. And I think, you know, it's it, again, a tool. But it shouldn't be like your your end all be all. You should really you have to have the human interaction too. So much can get missed with technology. I mean, you see it through emails. Like, and even if you're oh, emailing someone or te- or texting someone, like, so much can be misconstrued through emails and text. Sometimes you just have like, pick up a phone and call someone. Like old school. Like, let's just get on the phone and talk. You know, right? right? Let's have a one on one meeting like in person so we can make sure we're on the same page and something's not getting misconstrued because of the context or uh, of an email. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and. From from your perspective, when when we're thinking about uh, the employees that are coming to you searching for opportunities, and we're we're past the point of having that one on one discussion, is there a certain certain aspect of ongoing education and consultation that comes into play, or is it we're going to get them to X point and then it's the handoff? We're 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 moving them on to somebody else or moving them into the placement or, or how, how far, how deep do you work with an employee on trying to, I don't know, polish their edges, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, it really depends. We try and coach our candidates as much as possible, like to make sure they're prepared for an interview and make sure they you know, know how to dress for an interview, know who they're meeting with, make sure they ask, you know, they have questions prepared for the, for the interview or make sure they just send follow-up emails after their interview. But again, but people, right? So as much, as much as we can prepare someone, we're not there in an interview with them, you know, kind of coaching them through the interview, sitting next to, the, sitting by their right. side. So sometimes you don't know what's going to happen when that when you get into that interview. And I've heard some crazy stories about from like our clients, <laughs> well, like, I'm oh, sure this person have. said this or this person said that. I'm like, oh my god, like, sorry, they were never like that with us. Like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. So, um, so we we try our best to coach and help, but again, sometimes you just can't control people and what they're going to do. Um. But then once someone hires someone, like it's, it's, it's not, it's not always, it's not just a handoff. Like, okay, here you go. Like we try and be there to help the transition and make sure they're, you know, they're acclimating, you know, well into their new role. And, um, it, it depends too, though, how much a, a company or hiring manager that works with wants us involved. Sometimes they don't, sometimes they're fine on their own and that's, that's it. That's how it is. Sometimes they want us more to more involved. So again, it kind of goes back to that meeting our clients where they're at and kind of customizing what we do to what their needs are. So we really try and again, be that partner. Um, and that can, it's varying levels of partnership depending on, you know, what they, what they want out of it. Right. But then we also, we do have like a sister company called HR Buffalo helps, you know, companies with HR trainings and onboarding, um, compliance training, employee handbook, really anything day to day HR work they can help with. So if a we have a lot of companies that we work, we work with a lot of small to medium sized businesses that don't necessarily have an internal HR function. So then they can lean on, you know, HR Buffalo um, to help with it, with the consulting needs around human resources. You want to talk so, about a huge uptake right there. I mean, there, there are so many organizations that are even through current times right now, still trying to establish themselves in ways that they were never built before. 
And when you're talking right. about legal compliance, you're you're talking about different state laws, federal laws, everything in between. Oh, There's a lot of and factors they're changing so quickly <laughs> every day, and and the EEOC it's guidance. Keep up with. It's too much, yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. And then you're putting your neck on the line as a business owner. You you might be the oh, LLC, yeah. the INC. You're doing whatever you have to do. Maybe you didn't make the proper investments. Maybe you did. Maybe you have a great administrative assistant who is also your HR, but they also take care of shipping and receiving, and they'll go get lunch from time to time for the office. Might not be the best fit anymore. Things have changed, right? right? Things have changed. Oh, yeah. Things have changed, especially as you're, like you said, you may have that office administrator that handles the human resources. They might handle shipping and receiving. They might handle some accounting work. They handle scheduling. They handle um, front desk filing. What everything? Yeah. yeah. And so it's like sometimes it's, they get to a point where the organization grows too, where they don't have the time anymore for human to handle the human resources. Um, and they, sometimes they only know as much as they know. So at that point, you you need to lean on someone else um, to really kind of help make sure your company is not getting in trouble and your employees are are aware of like you know what their rights are as an employee, what you offer you know, as an employer to your employees and what they, whether it's benefits, um, time off, um, 401k compensation, like so many different things. Like you need, you need extra help with that type of stuff. There's, there's so much. I give HR, I'm not a trained HR professional by any means. I like play one. (laughs) (laughs) I just happen to own a recruiting company. I am the president of a human resources association, but I'm not a trained HR professional. I admire all the HR professionals I work with because there is so much on the plate of human resources professionals these days. And it's just since the pandemic, it seems like it's gotten more and more. So, I mean, kudos to them because they have to stay up on everything. Yeah. And thank God there's a lot of great resources for HR professionals to help them, you know, stay up to date with compliance and new laws and benefit options and just everything that's changing vaccine mandates. It's like, Oh my gosh, it's a lot. So thank God there's a lot of resources and good people they can lean on to kind of help, Stay up to date with everything. Leaders, managers, people in between talk about being short-staffed across the board. Recruiters themselves mm-hmm. are also short-staffed. When we think about recruiter, recruiters being hired into organizations, let that be people that mm-hmm. are in charge of culture or, or people or however you want to phrase it with your new fancy words out there. It's totally understood. Yeah. You want to build your culture and environment. You want to staff. You want to recruit. These are sometimes different tasks that cannot necessarily be put on the shoulders of one or two different people. The skill set that's required right. for recruiters sometimes so vastly different. Um, when you were just at the, at the start of things here, you're talking about pharmaceutical sales. You're talking about that person to person connection with the employees. You're talking about skill sets that might not necessarily transcend to someone that is a amazingly skilled human resource professional, but they're not in right. the role of necessarily recruiting. People could mm-hmm. turn to you. They're very different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, re- recruiting role and HR roles can be very different. Like, there's so many different levels. Um, and recruiting really is like, it's, it's handling the people. Like, sometimes recruiters aren't trained HR professionals. They yeah. don't, they're not running the policies and procedures of an organization. They're not yeah, handling you know the people. laws and regulations. Right. You know people. Right. Yep. 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 And I think, you know, people always ask me too, like, how did you make the move from pharmaceutical sales to recruiting? I was like, well, it's, it's the same thing. It's working with people. It's building those relationships. It's building connections. It's understanding needs. Like I, you know, so many of my, like when I was in pharmaceutical sales, I had to understand the needs of the doctor, the needs of the patient, and how I can provide solutions to them. And it's the same thing in recruiting. I have to understand the needs of the job seekers we're, we're working with. I have to understand yeah. the needs of a company 
and then helping provide each with solutions. And maybe it's not something that we can, I have a solution for them. Yep. Here's a job for you. You know, I wish I could do that. I'd be, I'd be rich, <laughs> but like, I can't, I can't, I don't have a job for every single person I talk to. I wish I did. Right. But I also try and leave them with a solution or a different idea of how to approach their job search. Like maybe they were never using LinkedIn and it's like, Oh, okay, we'll build a LinkedIn profile. It's something at your fingertips that you should be using all the time to kind of build your network and build your engagement online and help you find that next opportunity and reach out to people at a company that you're interested in or in a job that you're interested in pursuing someday. Like building those connections is huge. And so I always try and leave people I, I talk to with like a solution, you know, whether it's, just a, a quick LinkedIn tip or a new company to check out or a connection to someone else. Um, even if it's a company that reaches out to me and it's a, a position that I can't help them with, like, for example, we don't work a lot in the hospitality industry. Sure. So I, I can, you know, refer them somewhere else. Or if it's um, construction, like we don't do a lot in like with construction or laborers, like, okay, well, here's a company that does do this. I try and like provide some sort of solution for everyone I talk to as best as I can. You know, yeah. it's not always perfect, but, but you just try your best. Sherm put out an article towards the start of the month of November. It's titled, Recruiters Will Continue to Adapt in 2022. This was written by Roy Moore. And I just want to bring a, a piece of this to the table for discussion here today. It says, Recruiters are short-staffed themselves, and yet they are having to hire more than before amid a shortage of talent. But where there's a great challenge... There's also a great opportunity. Hiring teams are using more external workers, looking at different sourcing channels and rethinking requirements for roles within their organizations. If companies can invest in their hiring teams and rethink their employee value proposition, there's a possible great opportunity. They did a report. There's some key findings that is within this report looking ahead to 2022 and beyond. One of the key things was shifting priorities. The survey revealed interesting shifts in recruitment priorities over the last five years, let alone what they're predicting for the future. And the biggest downward shifts in importance include areas like talent pipelining and crafting an employer brand. The biggest upward shifts include investing in recruiting, recruitment technology, automating processes, but also improving diversity. Companies are still putting emphasis on diversity, but recruiters' commitment has dropped since last year, according to Amber Ferrari, marketing manager at Jobvite. Final quote for you here. Recruiters are so bogged down right now that while it is still important to them, it's more of a luxury to think about diversity than, uh, than rather being overwhelmed with open requisitions, end quote. I find that really interesting, the way that Amber phrases that within this article. I don't always agree with everything that Sherm has to write. Um, and, yeah. and, of course, it's put out underneath their umbrella. Uh, I did mm -hmm. surprise you with this article out of the blue a little bit here. When we're thinking about diversity, we're thinking about the, the technology. You and I talked about this just moments ago. You made the mention. I agree with you 110%. Technology is a tool that we use to accomplish a task. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Automation, it's fantastic. But there's so many rules that have to be put in place to overcome possible discriminatory practices. And overlooking mm -hmm. diversity in the hiring process is intriguing. I don't think any employer is intentionally doing that out there. 
uh, compared to what Amber may be referencing within this article, just within these couple paragraphs as per quote. Um, But it is an interesting trend to see that uh, Job Vite and and Amber Ferrari here are noticing that focus on diversity is going down while just simply trying to get bodies in the seats is going up. So with that on the table, with the survey, the Sherm thing, uh, Amber's analysis from, from outside, do you see it the same way? Um, I mean, I think diversity is so important. I think we always have to like, you know, embrace the diversity of an organization and yes. make sure you have diversity there. But I think, you know, that goes further. Like when you talk about like inclusion as well. And so if you're hiring you know, diverse people, you want to make sure that, you know, everyone feels you know included into the organization and it's a very inclusive organization. I think when it comes to recruiting, um, you know, you do your, your best always to find the right people for the job and the right people for an organization. And we Absolutely. try, you know, of course we try not to take, do anything discriminatory. We're just going to put the best people forward, right? Regardless of you know, gender, race. Um, there's no agenda. Ethnicity. There's there's no agenda. Right. We don't ha- we don't ask anyone any sort of like qualifying questions for stuff like like that. There's no check boxes. Um, we're, we're we just try and find the right people in the best field for jobs, regardless of anything. Yeah, the way it should be. Yeah, <laughs> the way yeah, it be. I mean, facing things as a partnership, a partnership with not just the employer that's seeking to fill the role, but a partnership with the employee who's also trying to find the proper placement at the same time. Right. I, I, exactly. uh, I have to share a little bit of a story with everyone out there. I had a real tough time going back a couple of years and I called our dear friend there, Maggie, your cousin. <laughs> yeah. And I shared my horrifying resume with her. And after being with uh, my specific employer, who shall remain nameless, for over a decade plus, and and showing what the bastardization of that resume became, um, one of the first pieces of feedback she gave me on the spot was, JC, this is great. I, I really appreciate the time us war- working together and talking to each other today. This is terrible. I would never show this resume to anyone. And I agreed with her. <laughs> I agreed with her so much. I yeah, love the radical candor. Exactly. It's that radical candor and feedback that I appreciate. Now, where I failed, and and I hope others don't fail in this way as well, is I failed to follow up with both of you to say, you know, I am looking to pay to take that resume to the next level. I am looking for that extra layer of assistance. But I have to be honest with those listening. It wasn't pushed either. You're not a hard selling organization. You're there to help. And if something Mm -hmm. reveals itself that needs further assistance, you're there to help with that. But you're not necessarily going to say for nineteen ninety nine we could do this, but for two ninety nine ninety nine what we could do. (laughs) You're not doing that. I give you credit. No, no, because you know what? I think a lot of times too, when when job seekers come to us, um, we you you don't know what their you know someone's financial situation is. A lot of what we do with job seekers is just offering advice free. I had someone meet with me. Wednesday morning this of this week and I spent, you know, gosh, I think 30 years in a career, like in a, a town court system. Right. So like, yeah, but it's ready to like make them move out of that, out of that. Oh, that you met Larry. Job. No, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> a lot of people are like that. But, like the person didn't even know where to begin, you know? And I was like, yeah. and she's like, so how much does this cost? I'm like, what? Like meeting with me? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, nothing. Like this is free. I was like, I'm glad, always glad to talk with you and help provide like, you know, 
some clarity maybe around what's the next steps you should take in your job search. This is free. Like you don't have to pay me for this. And we do have other resources. So I connected with her with one of the um, consultants with HR Buffalo who does do, do more like career shift work, like writing of resumes and doing some of those assessments and just kind of um, finding, helping people, helping give people the tools for navigating the next job search. And that is, is, a, is it a cost? It's like never the first thing you like really sell someone. Right. We're, we're, I hate, I hate hard sales people. I don't like it. I'm all about that relationship building and here's what we offer and do with it what you want. You well, know, the, like the, the key there though here, is you're building that relationship you. all the mm-hmm. way across the board is the relationship with the employee down to understanding the culture and the relationship with the employer, making that right fit. It's almost like matchmaking. Yep. Have, the, have the two of you thought about going into a matchmaking business? I mean, you've got I staff, joked about it a few times. I mean, yeah. come oh, on yeah. now at this point, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, we I definitely I don't, joked about it. I don't think Tinder or any of those would have anything on on Staff Buffalo. I'm telling you. I mean, you've got <laughs> Staff Buffalo, you got HR Buffalo, and then you have Love Buffalo. I mean, Love I, Buffalo. Just take it. It's so funny. We always do so many different things. We're like, oh, we should do this Buffalo, like whatever it is. Like we have this <laughs> idea pop up, and like we joke about it mostly, but sometimes you never know what can happen. <laughs> you never. No, that's right, Never ladies know. and gentlemen. You're still uh, <laughs> tuned in here to HR Talk. We've got Lauren Lewis of Staff Buffalo, the also local SHRM president as well. That's right, here in the Western New York area. Can't thank her enough for being on today. We are nearing the top of the hour here. Feel free to stop by hrtalkpodcast.com. Also, that's uh, what's your website again, Staff Buffalo? Staffbuffalo.com. Staffbuffalo.com. Stop by there. They also have HR services. HR. Yep. Buffalo. HRBuffalo.com. It's too easy. It's very straightforward. We're very straightforward. It's too easy. Yeah. It's like I was at a networking event once and someone was telling you know, the background of the name of the organization and it means this in Italian and this and that and blah, 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 and this is why it's called this. I'm like, I'm Lauren Lewis. I'm like, I'm with Staff Buffalo. It's exactly <laughs> what it means. <laughs> it's Staff Buffalo. Like we do staffing and recruiting. I'm not hiding no. this. <laughs> nope. Straightforward. And same with HR Buffalo. It's very straightforward. We do HR work. Now you are <laughs> you are multifaceted though. You are not just Staff Buffalo. You are also the Sherm president locally. You're not just Sherm president. You're also kind of a local celebrity. Is that right? Oh, am I? I Aren't don't know. You? Am I? <laughs> you gotta tell me. Is isn't there Some like people a people tell me that? I don't know. Yeah, there's like a whole radio <laughs> show that you got cooking or had or do or what's what's yeah, the story with that? Yeah, so in the past, I was um, I co-hosted a radio show called Western New York at Work. Um, I did that. I think it was like three and a half or four years. Um, but then the pandemic hit, and you know things just shifted. So I, we kind of were trying to take it to TV, but that again, it was right before the pandemic hit, and just kind of, you know, got got kind of lost in the wayside of the pandemic. Yeah. But yes, in the past, I was. I never thought I'd be a co-host a radio show, but I had so much fun doing it. It was a blast. Um, so that's that, pretty cool. The ship sailed on that. You don't do that anymore. Yeah, but it might. Who knows? It might resurrect at some point. Oh my goodness! I'm, I'm open to it. I'm open. To I'm it. getting <laughs> ideas right now. I'm telling you. I mean, the juices are flowing. It could be like you know, staff talk Buffalo. We'll keep it simple. You and me. We could knock a home run Perfect. with this one, sister. I'm I telling love it. You. I'm in. Oh I'm my in. gosh! <laughs> a million dollars. Yeah, you gotta just rip the bandit off and do it sometimes. What's you know? the What's the golf thing all about, too? You You had some sort of golf connection at some point, too, didn't you? 
Oh, I just have been learning to golf. I love golfing. Um, I've been learning the past couple of years. I've been All taking right. lessons. All right. Now, a little so, birdie told me that it's not just a couple lessons here or there. A little birdie said that you're better than you lead on to be and don't bet money <laughs> while you're on the course with you. Is that right? I've gotten better. I will say I've gotten better. I've always <laughs> been an athlete. So for me, I'm like, I have to be good. I, I don't like not being good at something. So for me, I like the challenge of learning golfing and believe me there's plenty of days where i play terrible but then some days i'm like oh my god i killed it like, i should be on the lpga <laughs> tour but i'm still far cry from being on the lpga tour <laughs> i think i okay now this here's a little bit of the stalker jc coming out not so much stalker but fan fan mutual fan cool. kind of in the same industry a little bit you had yeah. something about one of the coaches uh cindy i think her name was is cindy that miller cindy yep. miller yep. Cindy Miller. we're gonna hit the way back train for a second here cindy i know that you're gonna be listening to this at some point in time you may not remember me but i used to be the guy in the golf cart at springbrook golf singing along to his headphones well, all the people that you were teaching how to golf tried to hit. Yes. Yep. Yes, Cindy, you and me. I remember the million-dollar <laughs> hole. I remember the whole thing. It was beautiful times. They did these fantastic events like that. She's been around for a, she's been around oh. for a heartbeat. Not forever for a heartbeat. She's not she's that old. But she's amazing. No. Um, she's amazing. And I, I love going to Cindy for golf lessons because she's awesome at what she does. She's a fantastic coach. But I also She's love going person. to talk to her. Yeah. yeah, I love. I feel like I just keep going back to like want to talk to her. You know, I'm like, all right, and you know, she, we share business ideas because she's an entrepreneur. She's built her golf business. You know, and she has a lot of great connections through it, and it's done amazing things. And she it has her coaching businesses, like I mean, golf coaching, yes. But then she does like you know some like professional development coaching as right. well, and. She's just phenomenal. I love talking with her. Oh my gosh! I can't. I I want everyone to go take golf lessons with Cindy or her husband Alan because they're great people and great coaches. But they're all they're just like fun to talk to. I'm, I'm so I feel so lucky. I have I've gotten to know Cindy. You you and I should at some point her. maybe interview her on HR Talk for release one of these days. Oh, we should do that. She would love it too. Mm. She would love it. Now we're talking. Yeah, she has some great stories too. She's awesome. <laughs> What's happening? Current events this week, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you in part by Staff Buffalo, HR Buffalo, and all things Buffalo, stop by staffbuffalo.com. They did not pay to be part of this today. No money exchanged. That's how we roll. I don't want a dime. We don't need a dime. We don't take money. I just appreciate it. I just appreciate it. It's networking at the end of the day. It's just good people knowing good people and talking about good things. One of our. Big stories here. We're just going to go down the list. We do have some current events for you. Anyone that's already familiar with the program, you know where this is going. Our first story today is coming from Toolbox.com. The future of work. Is AI ready to replace the human in human resource? According to uh, Karthik, survey says yes. It states here within the article, organizations have been increasingly moving towards automating many of their functions and processes for the last few years to improve their efficiencies, minimize costs, and boost their revenues, as we all know. The COVID-19 pandemic provided the impetus for automation in HR, a heavy push in the HR function set, and it is no further different as we move forward into 2022. A major finding from a survey conducted was that a significant number of HR professionals believe their tasks could be automated. However, the complexity of certain workplace issues is challenging for AI to navigate. 
HR professionals feel the jobs could be automated, as stated. The study shows 86% of HR pros felt that it was likely that the jobs would be replaced by automation. 28% also felt that AI could be very or extremely likely to replace them. The way that they're writing this article, Lauren, though, it, it, even though the stats say that, it, it doesn't necessarily say that HR people agree that that should happen. So I'm just putting that yeah. out there. I mean, that's crazy. 23% of yeah. respondents said employee salaries posed a significant threat, and the same percentage said employee wellness problems posed a threat to the company. 30% said that the problem with leadership would be a significant threat in the overall as well in regards to HR-related issues that AI would not be able to address. Now, HR professionals did show mixed reactions for automating some of these issues, and it all comes down to the effectiveness of GPT-3. We've talked about this on the program before. GPT-3, if you're not familiar with it, give it a Google. It is a, a new form of AI that's going to be incorporated more into some of the technology out there. And while AI responses received high satisfaction ratings with GPT-3 programming, it's uh, it's also missing the mark quite a bit and could possibly cause large legal problems. At the end of the day, in this article, they're saying 41% of people believe that automation will pose legal risks moving forward. 48% of people surveyed felt that AI would not understand the complexity of an offense and provide an appropriate response. And ultimately, final stat here for you, 55% of small businesses believe that human resources should not be automated due to an overlooming ethical concern. AI and technology, the workplace, GPT-3, the future of work, it's all automated, Lauren. We will all be robots, they say. Come on, talk to me. We said oh, before, <laughs> it's just a tool, right? It should be a tool. Yep. I don't think you can move out the human aspect of it. If people are still doing the jobs, you need people to talk to them and communicate with them and you know, understand what's actually going on at the heart of what they do. You know, it's some, a lot of that can't be automated. Again, I'm all for technology as a tool, but I think you need the human aspect. Ladies and gentlemen out there listening. When you finally come to the realization, you do need that human aspect. Even if you're not in Buffalo, give Lauren a call. She'll figure it out with you. It doesn't matter where you are I'm, in the United States. She'll take care of you to a point, And then I'm, she might pass you off. I don't I'll know. I'll try my best. I'll She'll try, try her best. best. Well, I just think about, you know, we think about technology, though, too. Like, I, I hate if I'm trying to call somewhere, like, in the, you know, whether it's like Spectrum, you know, for cable or Wi-Fi. Oh, it's brutal. Or, and you get the automated thing. I'm like, can I just talk to someone? I just want to talk to someone. Like, you want to throw your phone across then, the room. Oh, my gosh. It's brutal. It's brutal. So it's like, yes, there's some things. It's, it works. It works great. But sometimes it's not, it's not black and white. There's other issues that you need to talk through sometimes. And, you know, sometimes I get on the runaround because you're trying to press press number one. Then you press number nine. And then you press zero. And I'm like, just like, I still haven't gotten my answer. Like, just can, right. can I talk to someone, please? My bill no. went up by $5. I'm ready to throw my $1,235 phone across a room. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, it happens. Oh, yeah. It happens. I would say technology is your best friend and your worst enemy. <laughs> Our current events continue. Forbes. Forbes just the other day put out this article. 10 Recruiting Hacks. To find the best job candidate, this is put together by All Business, being the contributor on this one. Many shifting priorities throughout the pandemic this year and then also moving forward. What they recommend doing is 
and a lot of this is, ladies and gentlemen, going to sound like water is wet at the end of the day. Look for people who already fit the culture. Create a problem-solving contest. I don't know what that would be, like a Jenga or something like that, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Work with job candidates on a pre-project basis. Ooh, that's interesting. Recruit, recruit from a global talent pool. Understand how candidates approach work issues and set up a referral program with rewards. There's a few more here, but I want to ask you about this. Working with job candidates on a pre-project basis. What do you think about that? I think it's kind of weird. I think it's a good idea. It's something like you test the water before, you know, test someone out before you hire them full time. Like they want the security want of a job. Yeah. They want to work. Yep. They don't want like a temporary project where they can, you know, dip their toes in and figure it out and see if they get hired. Like, no, they want the security of a job. They want the security of a company. They want security of benefits. They want a future. Um, they want a future. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's kind of weird. I get why companies want to do it. They're like, oh, we'll, before we spend the money, let's test them out. But like, you're, <laughs> right? You're not going to get some. You're not going to get the good people then. I mean, the people who want to be there. You're really kind of limiting your um, your uh, candidate pool that way. Ricky and I were talking about this prior to the pandemic. We were on a drive from Orlando up to Gainesville for a presentation, and uh, we got into this whole discussion about the possibility of like you know the 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 pre job test or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was starting to liken it to the thought or process of feats of strength and bring your candidates in. And it's it's like survival of the fittest. And, and I think there's a novelty to it. But I I'm with I'm with you on this one. I don't firmly agree with that. I, I maybe I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. But and I totally get it. I get it. I do. But I agree with you that people yeah. are not looking for that. Now, once you start yeah. to get into that mix how many people are going to stick it out? How many people even want to be around? You know, it's, it's tough now, you know, it's very, it's very tough. Yeah. Things have changed. I mean, some industries that works fine on a project basis, I think tech, the IT and technology industry, they, a lot of times they work on that project basis, but for other types of positions, they don't work like that. So, you know, people just want different things out of their career now, out of their yeah. job. I don't, they, they don't, they don't like the security of just a project basis, unless you're kind of like on that point in your career where you can, you can do that, but, Majority of people aren't. Majority of people are kind of like in the, the thick of it right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it goes on in the article here to say, tap into alumni associations to find the best job candidates. Hire based on values and character. Write a clear, optimized job description at the end of the day. And uh, all the best to you trying to get that recruitment done here. What was that last piece? Uh, Forbes, come on, show it to me here. Yeah, and please stop by Forbes.com, read it for yourselves. All this is educational and informational. This was put together by the Young Entrepreneur Council, an invite-only organization. The last piece that they have here is recruit people who are not looking for a job. So tap into the alumni organizations, hire based on values and character. That's a given. I mean, hiring mm-hmm. based on values and character. How many how many times do you see someone hire for the job and say, I really hate this person, but they're really good at what they do? I mean, maybe in the NFL, past that. I mean, is yeah. it happening? Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. That a lot, I think. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, uh, are we seeing that happen at Tim Hortons? Probably not, you know? Amazon, yeah. warehouses, ah, you know? Values and character at the end of the day, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Last one, though, in the list here for you, though. Recruit people who are not looking for a job. That's interesting. What do you think about so, that? One? I mean, that's why I love of that list. I love like ref- they have the referral program. 
I love um, the, I'm missing one of the ones that you just, you just said too, but it was really good um, way to recruit. And I love the, I oh, oh, the uh, clear, clear, optimized job listing, hire based on values and character, tap into alumni associations. Oh, alumni associations too. I think referrals, alumni associations, like those are great ways to find some, you know, great, great talent. Um, but hire people that aren't looking for a job. We do that a lot in SF Buffalo. Like we work with the passive candidates. Like, so we work with a lot of candidates that aren't actively looking for their next career move, but they're open to it. And we might just present to them their dream job. So it's a great way to find people. Like just because someone has a job doesn't mean they're not open to a new job. So I think you have to look at people who are currently working and aren't actively looking for a job. I always say we take the active approach do a job search so because we're actively looking for people to for yeah. our clients so you know we're looking at a lot of those passive candidates that aren't they're not applying to a job they're not applying to an indeed job posting they're not applying on linkedin but if you have a conversation with someone and most likely they've had a conversation with one of our recruiters in the past we know what they're looking for so then when that job comes in they're not looking for it but hey we present them with something that's really exciting for them and intriguing and then there Came you on. go they might have their next opportunity yeah yeah, yeah. So. Oh, the journey continues, Lauren. We've got a couple more <laughs> here for us. This next one's real intriguing. Uh, the EEOC. I'm not sure if anyone read this one or remembers this one. Uh, the EEOC put out a press release last month. It is just starting to really hit um, some some people out there in regards to creating articles to push word out to you. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the EEOC has launched a initiative on the use of AI in hiring, believe it or not. Now, uh, this article was put in, uh, put together by Natasha Cohn, uh, Mondak.com. Feel free to Google that, but I'm going to take you straight to the press release from the EEOC. This came out October 28th, and it was touched on previously just a touch, but a little more in depth here. Quote, artificial intelligence and algorithmic decision-making tools have great potential to improve our lives, including in the area of employment, Burroughs said. At the same time, the EEOC is keenly aware that these tools may mask and perpetuate bias or create new discriminatory barriers to jobs. We must work to ensure that these new technologies do not become a high-tech pathway to discrimination. Bias in employment arising from the use of algorithms and AI falls squarely in the commission's priority to address systematic discrimination. As part of the new initiative, the EEOC plans to establish an internal working group to coordinate the agency's work on the initiative, launch a series of listening sessions with key stakeholders about algorithmic tools and their employment ramifications, gather information about the adaptation, design, and impact of hiring and other employment-related technologies, identify promising practices, and lastly, issue technical assistance to provide guidance on algorithmic fairness and the use of AI in employment decisions. The EEOC is taking this seriously, and they're looking to move forward with their initiatives here, and everyone's starting to pick up on it. Again, it's just a tool. What are we doing, Laura? Just a tool. <laughs> what are we doing? Technology's oh. a tool. I tell you. Technology's a tool. I, my sentiments, I'm like, listening to you read that, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm still thinking the same thing. Technology is still a tool. It doesn't change. <laughs> it doesn't change the perspectives at all. It's good to know that the EOC is is looking forward at the possibilities and the potentials, which already lends to to make you believe that maybe they're onto something already. 
maybe there's been issues mm-hmm. that have been brought up associated with discrimination claims in regards to automated systems that are starting to rear its ugly head. So the fact that they're getting, yeah. air quote, getting ahead of it um, is pretty good. I'm just curious how many people have been already affected by something that maybe we just might not be aware of or the filings are already in place. It's, it's intriguing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot out there that we are not aware of. <laughs> you know, some things will come to light or not come to light at all. But, it's, you know, it's, it definitely is intriguing. I always think with technology, it's kind of like we'll see how where it continues to take us, you know. Who knows at this point? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> CNN.com is going to be our uh, resource for our last current event story here. No vaccines required is the latest tactic to attract workers to your business. Out of San Francisco, California, no vaccines required. A three-word fa- uh, phrase is popping up across online job listings everywhere you go. Sometimes emph- empathetically, <laughs> empathetically in all caps, and accompanied by exclamation marks. As businesses seek to turn the federal government's proposed vaccine decree on its head and attract employees. Under the series of regulations, which have met some legal challenges, they could delay or stop their implementation. Private businesses with more than 100 employees, certain healthcare workers, and federal contractors will be required to be fully vaccinated or, in some cases, undergo regular testing for the COVID 19 virus. As for news stories three days ago, and uh, according to CNN as of right now, so all the reasons behind having no vaccine required in your job listings are seeming to vary by business from what they say. Um, how do you feel about that? Advertising vaccine you know, or no vaccine in the job write-up? I see it. I understand why people are doing it. Like people are struggling to get people in the jobs and there's people leaving jobs because of vaccine mandates. So I, I see why people are doing it. I just, I don't know. I feel like we've crossed this whole line of science, healthcare, employment, government, and it's uh, they've all gotten so blended lately that it's like it's a lot. I it's it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I feel lucky that like I'm a small business and we don't have to worry about like enforcing vaccine mandates at our company. You know, there's yeah. eight of us total. Um, but like I I feel bad for the the, the HR professionals at organizations that are in these situations where you're facing you know, dealing with vaccine mandates and hiring employees or employees leaving because of vaccine mandates. I don't know. It's a really confusing situation right now. Um, I don't know if it'll always be like this. I don't know how it'll change as we kind of continue to move through this pandemic and they navigate the COVID-19 virus, but it is, I don't know. It's a, it's a sticky, sticky situation, tough topic. I don't have an opinion one way or the other on it. I don't I really think that, don't. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know what the right pe- thing to do is. A lot of people, Lauren, say that uh, some people are just uh, toxically positive right now. I'm going to tell you something. I, I don't think that that's, a, I understand how that's a thing. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. And here's here's why I'm bringing yeah. this up. We are surrounded by so much going on where we are being pulled in a multitude of different directions. What's the worst about everything if all you could do is just try to stay positive for a minute right yeah you're trying to find a job you're trying to find a new job you might be in a position that you've been in for 10 to 15 years maybe it changed a bit you don't like what's happening anymore the culture's not for you okay time to move on call staff buffalo figure out your future and head down a new path stay positive you've done great things up till now stay on that good track stay on the good track don't let all the bad stuff dissuade you all that stuff's going to happen know. whether or not you're working or not. So go find a job and be right. happy about it if that's what you want to do. Or start I your mean, own business like Lauren did. 
there you go. You can do that too. Um, I mean, I, I love positivity. I'm trying to always be positive in everything I do. Um, and it's just, even when the pandemic started in March, 2020, I remember being home working and like, you know, my life slowed down, you know, from what it was before. And I had the news on, you're trying to like take in everything and like learn and see what's going on. Finally, I was like, this is so negative. Like I can't watch it anymore. I've turned yeah. on like, you know, trashy TV and watch that. And like, I think everyone was watching like Tiger King and you know, every, <laughs> what else was everyone watching at that time? I'm like, was way better than the news. Even the Kardashians were better than the news. Right, so, right. <laughs> I'm like, anything I can't, like, if it's bringing, it's causing me anxiety or being negative, I'm like, I can't watch it. I can't watch it anymore. And that's how I got the news during the pandemic. So oh. I agree with you. Positivity is a fantastic thing. If, you, if everyone can be more, just a little bit more positive in their day, it'd be a much better place. Oh, my gosh. Let's bring trashy and positivity together all in one <laughs> shot, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's time for... Florida Man Stories. <laughs> Florida Man Stories here on HR Talk, how we wrap the program up every week. This uh, this story today does combine the trashy with the, uh, uh, we'll just leave it at that. We won't have, we'll, we yeah. will let you decide how you feel about this one. But it's coming to us from WFLA 8, Citrus County, Florida. A Florida woman was arrested Sunday. After police said she walked into a Citrus County home and undressed herself before hugging and sitting on multiple people, including several who were 65 years or older. Police say 35-year-old Heather Cruz of Donellan walked into the Citrus County home through a side door. Once inside, Cruz removed her clothes, exposed herself before she grabbed and hugged the homeowner, according to police. When she was told to stop, documents say she sat on the lap of two other residents while naked saying you like it to one of the victims. Police say two of the home's occupants then attempted to remove Cruz and escort her to the front door. At that time, still nude, Cruz reportedly grabbed the testicles of another individual and made several sexual remarks. When police arrived, Cruz was ordered to put on a shirt but accused of resisting officers. Cruz was handcuffed and placed into the rear of a patrol car when officers attempted to close the door. Cruz kicked the door and the officer in the chest. She now faces three counts of battery on persons 65 years of age or older, two counts of battery on law enforcement, and one count of resisting an officer with violence, burglary with battery, exposure of sexual organs, and battery in general. This Florida woman was transported to the Citrus County Detention Facility and held on a $48,000 bond. Happy Thanksgiving to our friends out there in Central Florida. Lauren, back to you. What do you think? That was my thought. I was like, well, what a way to kick off Thanksgiving week. (laughs) (laughs) The Sunday of going into Thanksgiving week, that's what you chose to do? Okay. (laughs) Maybe it was just because it was Sunday. Who knows? This woman. Maybe. I tell you. My gosh. I, I was curious, like, what made her do that? Like, what was her thought process behind it? I mean, clearly, oh my gosh, something you, was off. You know what there. it reminds me of, Lauren? It takes me back to the thoughts of football. There was that one kid, he, the quarterback, he used to play, I want to say, I think it was for Canisius or St. Joe's, and then he went on, had a good college career, the Kelly kid, and then he was playing for Denver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he went mm-hmm. into someone's home, and they were beating him up with a vacuum cleaner because he was drunk sitting on the couch. I think that was the same guy. Am I wrong? I I think Chad Kelly got into like a, some trouble here and there, but I don't remember that part, that story. Yeah. But, um, oh, craziness. I don't know. I, that's what I'm wondering. I was wondering if this cruise lady, if she was, you know, if she was drunk or high or something, I'm like, what <laughs> was going on in her mind? What caused her to do that? And like, clearly you just made it worse because you just didn't get out of the house. 
She's just Florida. <laughs> She's just in Florida. That's She's all flip. there is. Like, it I reminded don't know. me of that. You know, they do those. Um, I think it's on one of the radio shows, and they do. They read a they read a news story like that. And it's like, okay, guess if it's Florida, Ohio, or Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> you can guess where it's out of, and that's where I like literally thought this story. I was like, this needs to be the Florida, yeah, Ohio, no, or Kentucky story. Yeah, this is definitely a Florida. Florida. Florida story all day, all day. Hey, uh, yep, nothing against yep. our Florida friends. Uh, big news to no. announce out there, ladies and gentlemen, even though HR Talk is a uh, little bit of time off around the holidays, it's my pleasure to announce that I will be heading back down to Melbourne, Florida to emcee the 2022 Space Coast HR Conference. Your official announcement coming out right now on the program. Been in talks, everything's secured, facility is on lock, and tickets will go on sale coming up soon. We'll have more data and information going about that coming up momentarily. Back up here in Western New York, Lauren, what do you have going on? I know you just did a few speaker series engagements. What else shaking around these parts here? Yeah, we have, and our team has some mock interviews coming up with some of the local colleges, recruiters on campus at Damon College is coming up. We have, you know, just our year-end stuff where we, you know, we do our sexual harassment training for our team. We're doing a communications training for our team. Um, we have our BNHRA networking holiday happy hour. Hey, with those trainings? Thursday, December 7th. If, if yeah. there's a business out there that needs to check the box on some of those mandatory trainings throughout the state and uh, maybe the piece that they have really isn't so good, could they turn to y'all uh, for, uh, you HR know? Buffalo, absolutely. There it is. Absolutely. Thank you, JC. Yeah, HR Buffalo can help with any of the compliance training. That's who we're, I'm so lucky that we have them as our sister company because that's who's leading our trainings for us this week. So, Beautiful. And Beautiful. Any, they can do it for any company, yep. Compliance uh, no, training, professional development training. With more of a New York-centric like focus or because it's more New York I compliance so. on some of it or more everything? New York compliance. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's other things they can do outside the state. But, yeah, they're mostly New York focused from the compliance standpoint. Things to investigate. We might have to have them on soon. Keep digging. Keep I digging into so. this, you know. Absolutely. See where it could go. Yeah. Hey, um, totally. Final thoughts over to you real quick. Your final thoughts on the show today, on life in general, the holidays, anything in general. Over to you. No, I mean, it was just great being a part of today. I had so much fun. I remember meeting you guys at Disrupt HR Buffalo, I believe it was in 20, the fall of 2019. It seems so and long And that's ago. when we connected. I know. And there yeah. hasn't been an Disrupt HR since. It's crazy. At least not in Buffalo. So I know they're planning one for... I think it's going to be fall of 2022. Beautiful. Um, so looking forward to that already. It's always a great, such a great event. So um, no, I know I've been following you, you guys in HR talk since. I'm so glad to be finally be a part of it today. It's so exciting. Oh, it's my um, pleasure to have you. Truly. Nice to kind of like kick off the holiday season in the end of the year this way too. So I appreciate it, JC. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. And it's our pleasure to finally have you on here. We've been talking about it for a long Thank time. You. Following you a long time. You're certainly more than welcome. A lot of positivity. If people want to find you online or, or follow you as well or learn more about you specifically outside of just staffbuffalo.com, where could they find you online? What's the best way? So LinkedIn, you can look up Lauren Lewis. Um, Staff Buffalo. There's a lot of Lauren Lewis out there, but find Lauren Lewis at Staff Buffalo. That is me. Um, what? Um, Twitter, LauraLu29, and Instagram, LauraLu29. Those are my handles. So feel free to follow me and add me and connect with me. I'm always that kind of people. So. Lauren Lewis, everybody. <laughs> Well, it's been our pleasure to Thank be here you. for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Truly has been a pleasure. About on the backside of Thanksgiving, big holiday weekends, a lot of people on vacation doing their things. Big kudos going out to Ricky Baez, wherever he may be in the world as well. 
And a big congratulations. He's got an anniversary I'm not supposed to talk about. Wedding anniversary of seven years. Rick, I didn't mention it to anyone during the show. This is just the close. Just even before the show. Yeah, just the end of the show. So that's fine. Just before it a little bit right now. So it's all good. But yeah. big kudos and congratulations going out to Ricky. Uh, believe it or not, Ricky, uh, his wife, they knew each other in New York City growing up as children. They later uh -huh. met each other again in Orlando, Florida. I told him she's been stalking him his whole life. Who knows? <laughs> you know? But seven years later, they're doing great. So he's on a uh, extended anniversary holiday here for Thanksgiving. And it's been my pleasure to have Lauren Lewis on the program. Once again, you can't thank her enough, I'm telling you. Hey, if you like the show, if you hate the show, if you want some feedback on where we are going for 2022, we've got a lot in store, a lot of big changes coming, and we're going to reveal those probably in about uh, six short weeks or so. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Lauren Lewis, Ricky Baez, HR Talk there with the upcoming Space Coast HR Conference, I'm JC. Drive safe. Have a good night.